Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello, we are here. Do not worry. Is everyone okay? What? What <laughs> is this? I don't know how to start it. It's like I'm in a different Did world. Just say welcome to the IGN UK podcast. We're all at home. <laughs> Hello, Joe. Hello, mate. Hello, Matt. Hiya. We've, we've, uh, it's the three of us, but I think also Dale's going to pop in occasionally because he's here recording us as well. I am. Virtually. I'm, I'm... The booth man. I don't usually know why we're not. Yeah. Usually, usually Dale fucks off after 30 seconds, but he's staying for the whole thing this time as if he's not got anything better to do. I'm using my laptop. I literally can't do work without it. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is me. All you need is us, really. And Correct. That's what we're going to give you. It also happens that this is a ridiculously busy week for games. <laughs> It's it's very annoying that the week where I don't have full access to all my stuff is the week where they drop all the games news that they possibly could. Yeah, so I'm just going to um, take a swig from my fire extinguisher. Uh, I've got a little... All professionalism's gone out the window because you're lying down to do this. I'm in bed. I've got a fire extinguisher water bottle, which I filled with orange juice and lemonade. I'm it's living the dream. Unbelievable. Boy's having a clementine on the job. Does it say glug on the side of it? It does. <laughs> it does. Like glug. Oh, like flood. Very yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. It's oh, very good. Very good. It's a thirst extinguisher, which I, I like have to use often. When you started badly, you went back onto the running order and then just immediately started talking about a fucking water bottle. Come on, mate. Uh, Get it together. Joe, do you want to start us again? This has been a, this has <laughs> been a long week. <laughs> I haven't left the house in six days. Yeah, I, I don't know about you guys. If you're, you're allowed to I go mean, for walks and stuff, mate. I've been in the yeah. garden. We were saying that. <laughs> with a mystery shed that yeah, we talked about earlier. Yeah, okay. yeah, let's I talk through the sh- fact that Cardi has a shed in his garden that's been there for a year and he's never been in it. I've just never bothered. I don't know what a shed is. I, can't, I don't understand how you can not know <laughs> things in your own property. <laughs> Uh, so like like that's you imagine I'll, how boring like the cool fantasy story would be if you found a secret door in your house that no one had ever seen before and you're just like <laughs> fuck it not bothered I like, like mysteries too anything much. behind that door it's just not the TARDIS mate I don't want to know it's like you're often let down know. by the twist in a mystery and I prefer to just imagine what are you on about should we talk about <laughs> the PS5 and the Xbox what Series X we can talk about them briefly. Like this is the thing is I think a lot of people were primed for let's have big news, let's find out about all the cool shit that we're gonna get to do with it. We'll see what the boxes look like and the OS and what we're gonna do with it. That's not what they're here for. It's for GDC, they're just gonna tell you like all the bits and chips and billions of transistors yeah. in it. And to be fair, I'd listened to Mark Cerny talk for a long time about things I don't understand. I don't know if I could. <laughs> it was a very very weird presentation though, right because obviously it was the gdc presentation but 
they put him in like a digital room with some fake digital people. Were they fake digital of... people? I thought they were. I real. don't know. Were they, they didn't on a move. loop? They, they did. Move. People did. did no, they? there was one guy moving his head. Yeah, he was, was bopping. Yeah. It was too weird. It was too like I, mm. I I know I know it wasn't for us in inverted commas, but it was too weird. It was like pretending that it was a, a cool thing for forward facing people. It wasn't. That's it. I would have liked to have seen. I would have liked to have seen Mark Cerny in this situation with like a badly angled laptop webcam (laughs) pointed up at his chins, and he's just like, and he's drinking from his fire extinguisher mug. (laughs) He's talking about his shed. Yeah, and and he's just going. I just came out my shed, and actually in there, I've got a ten point two eight teraflop machine. (laughs) Let me talk you through it. You're Um, not allowed in, mate. Um, yeah, but... I'm a Jack and Daxter too. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> the thing is, it was all very technical. I'm sure they're very impressive machines. Could I tell you what that means? No, I'm not a tech person. I th- uh, this is the stuff you can take out of it, I think. I think you can take out that uh, PlayStation, the solid state drivers genuinely impressing very smart technical people. Um, and it's like borne out by the fact that you can't commercially buy tech as advanced as is being used in that SSD right now. And they don't expect you to be able to commercially buy it off the shelf until after PS5 comes out. So all the stuff about loading times, the getting rid of patch installs, like we've all complained about how long it takes to copy a fucking patch on PS4. If that's gone, then that's instantly a plus on that console for me. Yeah. Um and on the Xbox side, like the ray tracing stuff being hardware assisted is apparently very, very important because it essentially gets you like, it's something like 25 teraflops of of virtual power because it can use a whole bit of the hardware to do the ray tracing. And basically it means that the Xbox's approach to ray tracing stuff is going to be incredibly impressive. Mm. And I think those two things are both very interesting. Uh, like it, it genuinely sounds like there will be quite meaningful differences between those two consoles in certain regards, which is quite exciting. Yeah, mm. it's yeah, just come down. Go on, Matt. Go on. Yeah, Go I, on, ju- I just think so. Like the important thing to to point out is that so I think uh, key differences: Xbox raw power, it's a more powerful console, but the PlayStation is a much faster console. Like mm. the that the data transfer rate on the PlayStation is twice what the Xbox is. You will get like it's a super super fast thing, and it uses like the NVMe drives, which basically the PC to get a little bit overly technical. The a PCI four slot goes directly onto the motherboards. It's not like a SATA slot, which is what hard drives traditionally use, which means that the tech is a little bit slower. But and sort of like it's important to recognize that teraflops aren't necessarily something that is discussed too much within the industry. Like that mm. is definitely something that's been used word, as a marketing. Yeah, it's like a political, like, it's like it's like Boris saying, you know, get our country back and all that nonsense. Get Brexit <laughs> done. It's teraflops is the get Brexit done of the console. <laughs> I think that's quite unfair. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've gone mad. I've been here a week. This is what I'm thinking. <laughs> teraflops yeah. are a useful indicator, but not the be all and end all. I think yeah, exactly. Just so what you should what you should definitely recognise is the PlayStation is still a Shut up, Cardi. I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to break down the figures here. I'm trying to be useful for the audience, and there you are, glugging from your fucking glass. 
Furthermore, he's gone in the face because he's sc- having to scream into a phone mic by himself. He's not. <laughs> he's not spoken to another human in a week. God, this is what he's absolutely got. mad. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Just they're they're two powerful consoles. Let's let's just yeah yeah, yeah exactly. It's exciting, but we need to see more. There we go. Exactly. And ultimately, it'll come down to the same thing for me is what has the games I want to play. And at the moment, it's PlayStation. Yeah. So there we go. Fair. So weird. Which leads us nicely on to Doom Eternal, which I've played on PlayStation. Ooh. I've played it on Xbox. So there. And Matt's played on PC. Aren't we just universal? Matt, you finished the game. Mm hmm. I've only played two to three hours. I don't know how much you've played, Joe. I'm at about three. Um, okay. I ha- I think we've both, uh, me and Cardi, run into a similar thing, which is that that game is so fucking intense. I can only play it for about half an hour at a time, and then yeah, I can start. I need to like. I'm appreciating it so much. I can tell it's absolutely incredible. I just haven't got into that zone in my head yet where I want to sit down for four hours at a time and go through it. It's just a that- lot. I'm having. To, I'm also playing it late at night because obviously I'm here with my girlfriend all the time. So I'm playing it whenever I, you know, whenever we're not both trying to use the TV, and I have to play it with headphones on. And it's just like being attacked, <laughs> like it's have, being physically assaulted by a video game is quite something. Yeah, that sort of like feeling of it being too intense was actually what I got out of Doom 2016. Like I found that mm. like really difficult to do more than like an hour on. This I have sort of like been doing like three to four hour sessions with. Like mm. this is the closest that I felt to a ten out of a ten in quite some time. Like nice. I really like this. What do you like about it? What do I like about? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What is it? No. What is it with it today? Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you don't see me in bed often. No, no, not at all. I don't like it. Oh no! no oh, his mic's gone. Oh no! Man. I will never know why Hello. Matt like Doom. Oh, he's oh, back. No, he's no, back. Now we will. <laughs> Sorry, God, technology's hard, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I've. Uh, I'm not at the point yet where I've encountered a marauder. I've heard oh. that's the only thing that people are really not liking about this game is that character he's he's definitely divisive i know i spoke to someone who genuinely would have rated the entire game down like by a whole point because he thinks the marauders bad i think they're really good but you they are very very difficult the first time you you get to them so basically they're an enemy that like you can't damage them unless they've dropped their shield so they have like a giant like no, like a montane shield from Rainbow Six. Imagine that. Yes, I do. But like when he goes to do sort of like an axe attack at you, so he's got like a big sort of like glowing red broad axe. That's you've got to wait for him to launch that attack before you can damage him. Which I think like a it is a pain in the ass, especially when you are surrounded on all sides, which you are so much in Doom. But when you start to learn sort of like the balance, it's almost. I've said before how like Doom is basically a ballet, and so like there's a there's a weird sort of dance to it. And when you s- sort mm. of learn his steps, then it becomes re- like it's one the, of the most the satisfying kills. Is the and, Black like, Swan of Doom. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. There we go. So, <laughs> Finally, when Ed Cardi contributes something. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the se- that's, the, that's the sex-addled language that I'd expect from a from a Cardi in bed. <laughs> 
Doe, you're nodding. What do you think about the Marauder? I think he's a fucker. That's enough from Dale. But there's one, there's one, there's several of them, and there's one on the last mission, which is where I'm at right now. And I've had to stop playing it because he was pissing me off too much. And I got got distracted with the Resident Evil 3 demo, and I am going to go back to it. But it was a reason for me to actively turn that game off for a bit. Maybe I just haven't sussed it. They are, they're definitely difficult. Um, The other thing is, is they've got dogs as well that they can summon and send at you. So, they do become genuinely very difficult. But uh, and the other thing is, is they're basically not affected by super weapons. So if you fire the BFG at it, it erases everything else on the map other than a Marauder. Get that, just, that does annoy me because that kind of breaks the rules of the game a little what? bit. So, yeah, so in, in defense of the dirty, horrible, ugly Marauder, like when <laughs> if you use a BFG and you get rid of everything else on the map, like there's a weird... I'm going to sound like an absolute weirdo pervert saying this, but there's a weird sort of intimacy between you and it. <laughs> Carry, <laughs> on. Carry on. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> and like, I, the, I really sort of like the, it, it's, it's me and it's him and it's like a duel to the fucking death and, and trying to sort of like outsmart it. I feel like it's such a different style of challenge to a lot of what else doom offers you. Mm. And like the first like three encounters with him are really really frustrating, but when you can do a marauder with sort of like without thinking, there's something about like how it's reprogrammed your brain to do it that I really really like. Are you saying Dale doesn't have the ability ability even <laughs> to outsmart the marauder? I don't have um, the ability to do a marauder <laughs> <laughs> intimately, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, it I'm, is I'm quite obviously incredible. It's quite. You say it's just you and him though, Matt. There is his dog as well, which is really annoying. He just yeah, keeps firing a off a little glowing dog every now and again. Uh, oh, yeah, I've seen not... the little glowing green ones so far. I uh, know the glowing orange ones that are his. Um, yeah, it's mm. like they are annoying, but I think once you've like, it's a super. It's definitely a dance that you do with the super shotgun, right? Like you can use that or the ballista. I think that they're like I think you use those weapons so differently against a marauder than you would against any other enemy in that game. I think there's. I, I just think there's something really, really interesting about the fact that, like, you can't fight it like any other enemy in the game. Like, there's only that and really the Archvile that offer that. Um, and they're two enemies that come, like, in the last third of the game. And I really like that it's a game that's constantly switching up the way that you play it. And I really like that. It does, it does have that very, like, old-school Metroid-y feel of every enemy is as much like a challenge like a specific type of challenge to use your abilities in a different way than just like a different thing to shoot, which mm. I really enjoy. Like every time, I really fucking hate caca demons, but <laughs> I love that they exist. Like oh, it's, it's cool if you thing. have the sticky bomb on the shotgun, yeah. they're easy. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's the thing is like often I don't, and then I'm turning around, I'm fumbling mm. around, just like fucking stupid big mouth bastard like, coming around. When you're getting a rhythm and you're just going through enemies. No, nothing feels better. Well, and nothing. it's just like Mick Gordon's music is oh, like God, second incredible. to none. It's, so, it's yeah, insane how much that builds that game. We've got the very difficult choice of playing Doom music or Animal Crossing music at the end of this podcast. To be honest, even I don't think that's a difficult choice. <laughs> I know, <laughs> the Doom music is better. Even but, the, even that main menu music where it's relatively chilled out but quite scary is Yeah, just perfect. Oh. Bubbling. I love mm. it. Should we talk about Animal Crossing then? 
oh fuck yes you've been uh, wanting, you've been wanting to talk about this for a while yeah i've i've been playing it for almost a couple of weeks at this point and oh mate <laughs> i love that <laughs> game so much if we're talking about um if we're talking about stuff where i can accidentally put four hours into it i've been doing mm-hmm. that a lot um it's just it's the most relaxed like I, it's 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 become the 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 thing that everyone says but like right now <laughs> it's very nice to have a different world to just go into and yeah. everything's easy and i make a bit of money selling fish uh and i've got a mate who uh is a superhero rabbit and i've got another mate who's a jock penguin called igly and we're all happy and having a nice time all the time and my house is getting bigger and that's great. Ooh. I've got I've got a room in my house now that's just a toilet, a bidet, and a dinosaur skeleton. And I've set it up really nicely. <laughs> I so I got it last night, like every other jabroni. Yeah, uh, I'm not the elite like you, Joe. Sadly, absolutely not. Um, and I I was lucky. Got some oranges. I like oranges. That's Very good. malleable an orange. I I need oranges in my town. So oh, you can you can have some. Come on What's over. your flower type? You got flower types? Oh, I haven't really gone there yet. I've picked up a pansies, lot of weeds. Roses. I've planted some red pansies. Sounds like you're a pansy. Yeah, I genuinely so- didn't mean that to be an ins- the insult version <laughs> of that. Like, because I would have said, "Sounds like you're a rose" if you said rose. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I've got two friends on my island. I've got Coach, who is a bull who likes to run. Oh, that's I think cool. he's a jock. I think yeah, he looks quite jock. And he just, at the end of every sentence, he just says stubble. So he has stubble. So he I'm into got, that. That's his catchphrase, is stubble. Stubble. I'm not, I'm, I haven't quite caught on yet if it's his catchphrase or he just calls me stubble. So you can, it's kind of both. Like that's a mm. recurring thing in Animal Crossing. Once they become your best mates, you can change that word. Uh, so you can have it be like mate. But some of them are like y'all. I've got one who just says waddler. <laughs> and I've also got Pashmina, a goat, who seems very nice. I know, so- I know someone else with Pashmina, the goat. She seems oh, all right. There we go. She yeah, seems pretty quite lovely. Yeah. Um, but it is one of those things where, so like, my girlfriend's had to watch me play a lot of Animal Crossing and she's like, this is really relaxing, but what the fuck is the point? And that is basically <laughs> it for me. Like, yeah, that's all I want. The point to me is to be relaxed and just do very little, and like everything's basically nice all the time. I love mm-hmm. it. There's no goal. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying really it. hard to build a bridge. That's basically it for me. <laughs> that's what I want because I can only see like a third of my island so far. Oh, mate, you'll get the vaulting pole soon. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh, good. I've got my slingshot. I've only played like two hours. I just ordered my home. I'll get that tomorrow. That'll be nice. Yeah. See, that's the thing. It's the it's the enforced waits for stuff. Like, I genuinely like that occasionally it'll just be like, there's not much more you can do. Just go to sleep. <laughs> just stop <laughs> playing this game. You yeah. have to wait till tomorrow and we'll give you some more. And the idea that I can't complete it until, like, winter next year is yeah. very nice to me. That like, I just The annoying to... thing is as well, because my birthday was on Monday, I've put my oh. birthday in. I have to wait a whole year to get any sort of birthday present from Yeah, them. that is a shame. I should have lied. Should have said it was tomorrow. You could have done, but then you'd be living the lie. Yeah, but I do live a lie daily. You could only do that if you're in the southern, chose a southern hemisphere place, and then I was you're just tempted to be a weirdo. Fantasy. But yeah, well, it's a good job that they do make you enforce weight 
because I've got another game I've been playing a lot of. Go on. Have you heard of Persona 5? Oh, God. <laughs> You're playing it um, again. I've got Persona 5 Royal. I have. I am now. So, you know, I think I said a few weeks ago, uh, I, I love Persona 5, one of my favourite games. I doubt I could put another 100 hours into it right now. Mm. I'm already 40 hours in. Uh, oh I've been playing it a lot. Stop it. That's <laughs> uh, no, good. good. I've been working. How different is it? It's so. So far, the new characters aren't really affecting the story at all. The new girl, Kasumi, she appears in the, like, the new opening scene. What's well, the old opening scene where you're in the casino heist and she appears in that. But it's a bit mysterious why she's there. Um, but so far, there's not really a whole lot of story change, but I do like a lot of the new mechanics they've put in. It makes it a lot more... There's a lot more variety in what you can do. You can give some of your friends. So normally you just have like, say you had Ryuji who can only really do lightning attacks, electric attacks. You can now give them like equipment which can allow them to have like a nuclear attack as well. So they're a bit more useful. It's not just like the three other people you have and then you who can do everything, which makes it a little dull. Um, but yeah, I like that. And there's new showtime attacks. Still some Morgana dodginess with the way she speaks about certain characters. I know you love that. Morgana's your favourite, isn't she, Matt? Uh, I thought Morgana was a boy to begin with. Yeah, it is. Yeah, she is. He is even, yeah. Well, they never really... You don't never really know what Morgana is. (laughs) No, but yeah, Morgana is a dirty perv and, like... (laughs) So I've never finished Persona 5. Um, part of it is because I got quite stuck, but part of it is like I genuinely hate Morgana so much. <laughs> like, I do all cover of out the of things my he says and support. Yeah, him. but I always say, yeah, no, I know. I I genuinely thought Morgana was a girl for a while, but yeah, the the stuff that he says in because even if you take him out of the party, he's always there in the background, basically just perving on Anne. It's like get out, mm-hmm. go back to your bunker. <laughs> we're all it, we're all in bunkers, Matt. We can't go anywhere. But yeah, Persona Five Royal, it's out in a couple of weeks. If you're not into Persona, it's not going to really make you. It's not going to change your mind. And even at this point, if you have played Persona Five, I wouldn't say it was worth buying full price and playing right away. If you're think mm. forty hours in, I'm. I know that there's story twists coming up that are different. I don't know what they are. I've been told they exist, though. So I can't tell if it's worth it ultimately yet. But at the moment, I'm like, I feel like I'm just playing Persona 5 again. But you don't mind that so much. I don't, because it's a bit like Football Manager and Animal Crossing. I can play that with podcasts on because I know the story. There's a lot of battling. It's turn-based, isn't it? I don't need to concentrate. It's turn-based, isn't it? You know, you know it. You know <laughs> it. Uh, one game you do need to concentrate on, though, is Overwatch. You can't play that Correct. with music on. You need to hear those call-outs. Gotta have and the you know, you got to have the footsteps. Well, you won't be hearing many footsteps from Echo, the new <gasps> hero, because she flies. Yeah, she looks annoying. She looks really fun. Is that, that's how a differing playstyles here. I look at yeah, her and she go, looks she looks fun. very, very powerful. Like, like absurdly yeah. powerful. Some of the stats on her abilities are mad. 
Yeah, but she is only 200 HP, no shield. She is vulnerable. She's a glass cannon, basically, right? Mm. What yeah, a lovely turn of more HP than Tracer and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah Tracer's yeah. 150. That's absurd. But Tracer 100. can get health back. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so her abilities are she has a primary fire, which is like firing three like bolts of energy, I suppose they are. Kind of like Doomfist, right? A little bit like that, but with a lot more range, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's that sticky bombs. I know you're a fan of a sticky bomb, Matt. Yeah, yeah. So that looks really good. So if effectively, it's, it's launched at the same way. She puts her fingers out and fires sort of like, it's, I, I think it's a set of three. Uh, and then there's just a little delay on them and then they explode. But the um, like the actual AOE on those looks particularly impressive. But it's the beam that I think is the maddest part of the kit. That does that, it basically, because is it, it does, is it 200 damage per second if you're under half health? Yeah, so it's, so it's basically it's, an insta kill <laughs> if you hit. Yeah, it's super weak if you do it against people that are quite healthy, but if they're under half health, then it does 200 damage per second. Death ray. So pretty much wipes <laughs> them. And then, maddest of all, is our ultimate. Which, yeah. if on the surface sounds insane, and in practice also looks insane, is the... So her almost, she can basically do a Sombra-esque latch onto someone on the enemy team and become that character. What she echoes you... them. How yeah. long does it take her to do that? It seems very similar to a sombra one, so like just a couple right. of seconds like do so she could be interrupted during that time. I'm not sure I haven't seen enough. I haven't played as it yet, obviously. But uh I'm not sure yet. But basically when you turn into that character you can charge that character's ultimate very quickly. It seems mm-hmm. something like four or five times as quick, like you'll get it quickly, but when you die you do just return to be an echo. Well you die basically. So oh, okay, right, right, as far yeah. as I can see, unless I've misread, there's no actual like cool like time limit on how long you can stay that character. I think you oh, just really? stay them until you die. Jesus. I think surely wrong, there's surely there's gotta be a cooldown on it. Let's like, have a, let's. Do you know what? I've got a laptop. Let's have a look. Let's listen uh, to it. Tap, tip, and twist. <laughs> but it's like I know that when you become, when you echo and become that character, when that character gets killed, you return to being echo. It's not like you have to respawn. But I assumed that you'd only be able because if you could stay alive for a whole match as a character that can rebuild their alt in like about three seconds, yeah, that's mad. That seems bonkers. The interesting thing to me is that um, Echo's officially the last standard Overwatch only hero. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so the next hero will be Overwatch 2. And that like immediately set off the conspiracy theory part of my brain that was like Overwatch 2 is out in four months because heroes have come out consistently at about four months per hero each time. And I'm like, they're not going to stop that. They're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. Overwatch 2 is out in four months. <laughs> and, then, and then I had to stop myself and go, nah, it's, that's, a, that's a real game, not just some bullshit they're tossing out. Um, but so, I, yeah. it is kind of interesting. I'm reading about Echo. Apparently, Jeff Kaplan, Overwatch guru, well, director, he's not a guru. He's the guy yeah. who leads the game. Uh, apparently, when she's using duplicate, her ult charge is 650 times faster than normal. 
And so they, were, they had a live stream last night and someone became Reinhardt and managed to get three Earth Shatters out. Christ, I like. It sounds a bit overpowered. She's <laughs> getting nerfed. Yeah, that feels like a, a very quick nerf. Yeah, but interesting nonetheless. Yeah, it's one of those... It's like It's definitely the character who's intrigued me most that's been added for a very mm-hmm. long time. Yep. Well, that's all the, the big news, but I thought we'd have a little segment on what we've been doing to fill our time while we've been indoors all the time. Bunker life. Bunker life. I have recently binged season two of Westworld because I started season two when it first came out, got two or three episodes in and just got bored and stopped. But I think that was partly due to waiting week by week for it. I just have no, like, well, that's the thing. I I loved Westworld season one and I thought it ended perfectly and I didn't need any more season two. I enjoyed more the second time I tried, but it is very, I think they tried to do way too much and it gets overly complicated. Mm. I, th- but, I think the problem with season two is that it thinks that the like the time differences, like that mechanic, for lack of a better mm-hmm. word, f- for the narrative, they almost think that that's what Westworld is, but it's not. Like th- that works for its original its original season. They didn't need to keep that going for nah. season two. It just got a bit too complicated, and that's why. So this week, the first episode of the season three came out, and I thought it was brilliant. Because they have stripped it back, and it is now basically set in a future LA, so mm-hmm. with flying cars. So it basically is a Blade Runner twenty forty nine sort of world. And one of I don't want to spoil it in case you want to catch on Westworld. One of the characters is basically now the Terminator, just walking through LA for her species. That sounds quite good. It, that's that. almost slightly because the original Westworld, like the film, is yeah. just the Terminator, but in in a theme park done exactly. up as the Wild West. But yeah, this is what this one feels like. And you've got Aaron Paul, who it's, it's nice it's to good. see him back, it's having a lovely time. Yeah, he's and the music playing is... someone with sad eyes. Yeah, the music he's is still incredible as well. Oh, I but forgot about I think how good the, the Westworld was. theme tune is one of my favourites. But yeah, I would. That's why you want to say oh, it's only one episode in season three, but it started so promisingly that I would urge people, if like me, you gave up on season two. Mm-hmm. Season three is looking. I'll report back in a few weeks. It I might just don't know whether I'd be last watching season two. I kind of was just getting through it in the end. I feel it. like it. It definitely meanders in the middle, but it ends quite well. And there's a lot of good actors in it, so mm. it's there's definitely worse stuff on TV. Yeah, uh, don't get me started on some of the daytime TV out there. The sort of concepts they come up for quiz shows these days. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> the quiz shows were the mainstay as well. That's the stuff I wanted to watch. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, I've known about Tipping Point for years. That one's fine. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't love a two penny pusher? Yeah, fair. But there was one I saw the other day, and I can't remember what it was called. I saw it for about twenty seconds. And it's basically like. There's a big rolling coin going down some ramps and slowly and you kind of have to be ahead of it all times. It's like if you answer a, a question. 
<laughs> it's so hard to explain. Basically, how many different ways can you get for people to answer questions for money? What's wrong with that simple concept? Why do you need House... all the added fluff? Oh, how do you feel about House of Games? I don't mind it. I do find it a little bit of that slight pomposity to it. Yeah, it's a little. It's a little. Um, oh, there's I, there's definitely a word for this. There's something about how uh, like homey that set is that makes me annoyed. Yeah, so it's I, almost like it's knowingly smug in a way. Yeah. I kind of feel like it's a very easy quiz, but they're playing it like it's a real intellectual feat. <laughs> yeah. But I do love I do love that someone's just taken the Taskmaster thing and gone, let's do that in a week. Let's just get everyone yeah. on and we'll have them on every day. Yeah. It's, it's good stuff, good. It's, it's a bit of fun. Uh, so, I, yeah, I've been watching that. I, I've also been watching something that's not on here that I've just remembered. By means Ooh. of VPN, uh, <clears throat> I've been catching up with Devs. Do you know what Devs is? I don't. It's no. Alex Garland's new TV series, The Man Who Did Annihilation. I have, have heard of it. How is um, it? I really like it. It's fucking horrible. Um, it's it's essentially so to go too far into. It's one of those ones. It's like eight episodes long, and it begins to do like major plot stuff very very quickly. So it's quite hard to set up. But essentially, you are concentrating on the inner workings of a Google like quantum computing company that has like become so vast and so successful that it's now sort of shut off from the world and even parts of it like so devs is a is the most like high level part of this com- company called Amaya and you are introduced to a character who gets invited to join devs and then weird shit starts happening and it's essentially a conspiracy thriller but set both within and without the place that the conspiracy is regarding um, mm. But because it's short, it starts going like very quickly into major reveals. It doesn't; tr- it's not trying to be mystery boxy. Like you're getting very big answers very quickly. Um, Interesting. And because it's Alex Garland, everyone's having an absolutely terrible time. Set to creepy music. Um, <laughs> Nick Offerman is a main main character playing a sad man with long hair and a big <laughs> beard, and that's very good. Um, yeah. And like. Just a lot of good actors you haven't seen in other stuff, which is I always find really nice, like because you don't come in with preconceptions of what they are. So you yeah. have this sense of like meeting all these people and being like, oh fuck, right, I'm learning about them. It's really nice. it's very good. It's very stylish as well. Like a lot of you can tell he's gotten well into the ex machina sort of uh lots of glass and wood. He really <laughs> likes that. Um, yeah, oh God, it's it's really entertaining and very strange, and I like it a lot. I'll check it out. Thank you and for the make, recommendation, Joe. It'll make you feel really bad. Yay! Oh, that's, that's just what we need right now. Um, how have you been escaping the current situation, Matt? Um, well, playing a lot of the division. You're <laughs> bizarre. You're ill. <laughs> the division one or two? The division two, and I'm not on my own. The moment I said this on Twitter, I had several people, including friends of the podcast Tam and Lucy, get in touch. Yeah, to say that they were I, also re- playing it I too. re-downloaded it as well. <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. Know. It's not I even need... that fun. I well, because I play with those guys a lot, and it's nice to just mix up the games every now and then. Yeah, but play something like nice, like Hunt Showdown. <laughs> <laughs> I would say there nah. has been a slightly 
cathartic element to sort of like a it's a place that's definitely got it worse than we have but mm-hmm. b because it, it does the it does the ubisoft collectathon thing doesn't it so it's actually quite nice to have something methodical to do just to mm-hmm. you know get myself through it by scanning every single horrible ruined street just trying to find bits of shit on the floor <laughs> Looking down horrible streets for shit. That's the division. <laughs> I tell you what, though, I think I think because my ears have become a little bit more attuned to listening to game soundtracks after Doom has sort of like like really spoilt me. Division Two's got a really good soundtrack, like surprisingly yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, I've really mm. noticed it this time around. But I like it, what, uh, the guns still level? feel. Oh, go on. Um, what level am I? Oh, yeah. So I'm not very far into it. I've only been playing it for about six, seven hours now. So oh, okay. I've got like a like uh, I've basically I've only done two of the main quests. I've just it's a it's very much a game too because it's got like one of the nicest looking cities that's been made in a game. Like it looks very very authentic as a city. It's just kind of nice to be allowed to be outside. That's something <laughs> I don't get <laughs> get at the moment. <laughs> That's cool. I might, I might jump in. I think I'm like level eleven, so I might. Okay. I'll, I played for like, yeah, that's similar to you. I think I played for like, I think I'm like eight hours in. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, I made a new fun. character because I couldn't remember what I'd done. Like, because it was literally like this time last year, right? Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I kind of forgot about that game. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, it came out at a weird time. I don't remember what it came out around, but it just felt like it sort of. I remember being weirdly excited for it. Weirdly excited mm-hmm. for it. Like, oh, we can all play this together. And then playing it for a few hours and realising, oh, it is just this for 50 hours, isn't it? It feels like... But uh, I, I know what you mean, Matt. Soft, I don't talk about it much. Yeah, I know what you I mean, they have mean just Matt. Released... I'm kind of into that at the moment, just mm-hmm. doing the same thing over and over again. <laughs> yeah, I think the Division's been actually really well supported. Like, I think it does have its community, because that... Um... The new expansion pack takes you back to New York, doesn't it? Like, you can go, there's like a oh, helicopter right. now outside of the White House, and it's just like, if you hop on here, we'll take you for a price back to New York. And that price is real money, to be clear. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, there is there is something about because I really liked the Division 1, and I think it was just that because the Division 2 is so close to what the Division 1 is. Also, like, I don't really want to play it like Ubisoft want me to, because I think it's actually really, the way Rebel. that that game works is really smart if you want to play it long term because like at the end of the game like it sort of does something to the world which means to encourage you to like replay through the entire game again so you've got that like elongated sort of cycle for people that want to play it like a destiny i don't want to play it like that i want to play it as like a co-op campaign and then just be done with it at the end exactly what i think yeah i know dale you you max leveled in division two didn't you he jump is he jumping in? He's looking busy. Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm doing. I'm actually doing work, mate. So, uh, what whoa, are you talking about the division? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you talking max, about the division. You max leveled it, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I max leveled division division one and division two. Um, so on division two, I got to level thirty, and then I started to do this all the stuff afterwards, like the end game stuff, and then I quickly realised that. If I wasn't playing it every day religiously, I was just falling behind constantly. Uh, okay, I'm assuming you're talking about the new update, right? Where they you have the ability. Well, we're to actually picking character? it up. I don't actually know much. I know the expansion, like Matt said, takes you back to New York. But apart from that, isn't that? I, 
I, I thought I heard that there's the ability to upgrade your character, to start a new character, but upgrade it to what it should be. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you can, be. You, can, you can get an instant. It does the whole Destiny thing where, like, if you if you buy the expansion and you've never played the base game, you can just immediately start your character from what it needs to be to be oh, in the expansion. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. Well, how have you been filling your time at home, Dale? Uh, don't say I've been working. Mostly. Yeah, don't, I knew yeah. you'd say that. <laughs> uh, no, been going out for walks, going out for walks to the shops and back, seeing if they've got toilet rolling. That's been a lot of my day. Dale's doing this is... a much more like adult version of what how you fill your day. You must well, have been. Well, my missus suggested uh, yeah. tonight that we go to B and Q to get some paint to repaint the bathroom. That's so, absolute oh. danger, mate. Don't you dare do that. <laughs> We've got edits. Oh, but paint, paint does smell good, though, doesn't it? Oh, imagine that paint smell in your house. That'd be different. Oh, I'd love it. Oh, that. Ventilation in that bathroom, even there's no window there. Yes, it's oh, just so sitting there. Up. You'll pass three days easily. <laughs> nice. That's uh, what we advocate: solvent abuse. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, quickly at lunchtime today, me, Joe and Matt, we all played the Golden Gun mode in Rainbow Six Siege, which That's is a lovely, a lovely bit, fun. a lovely bit of silly fun for you there. If you mm. don't know what that mode is, it is on the new Oregon rework map, and it's basically uh, one shot kills all in a Desert Eagle, but you have to reload after every shot is the catch. So you have mm. to be accurate, and you have to know your timing, and then... Normally what happens is you miss a shot and then scramble for 10 seconds with a knife and miss every single one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but... the knife hit detection is very poor. But the golden gun, what you've what you've missed out that you sold me on when we started the oh, world yeah. is when you hit someone with it, it acts as if they've been hit by like a nomad explosion or, you know, stuff that pushes you back. Yeah. So they fly into walls sideways <laughs> and shit. It's absolutely amazing. It's Earlier, Matt got killed and his character did a flip and landed on a table and it looked incredible. <laughs> it's uh, it's only around until Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, it's very annoying. So, yeah, so if you want to get on in it, get on in it this weekend. Even the Halloween event lasted longer than that. And that's for a yeah. single day celebration. It's absolutely yeah. bollocks. But it does also make me feel like James Bond because you have the golden gun. So yeah. what more do you need? It's Lovely bit of good. fun. Do you know what we do need? The endless search. Inside is a UK IGN crew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Is it in the search? Gentlemen, I've got another spreadsheet game. It's the Yay. game that, ma- that benefits me the most. <laughs> um, this is from Alan Jones. Uh, he says, just listen to last week's pod and your appreciation for games set in a spreadsheet format triggered a mo- memory of a colleague and I trying trying to one-up each other making games in Excel. I've managed to find two that found their way onto Google Sheets. We will pl- be playing one called IMDB Top 250. Uh, he says, you'll see if he can find others on his hard drive. But from memory, there were more choose-your-own-adventure type games within jokes and an awkward recreation of Tetris that wouldn't really work in an audio format. They made Tetris what? in Excel. Like, Excellent. This is, yeah, this is the level of <laughs> Excel sheet we're working with. These are people who can make video games in Excel. So it's, let me tell you, very impressive. For a start, I was like, oh, how old is this? Is it going to work? It's the IMDb Top 250. It's automatically loaded, the, the new version. It's like live. It's a wow. live game. 
Um, it's one of these ones that I can plug your names into. So I've got that. Um, nice. And it appears I've played the first round. It appears there's different types of rounds. I haven't gone all the way through because they're blanked out until you reach them. So I'm quite excited about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll start. It's called the uh-huh. IMDb Top 250 yeah. Quiz. And it says, how much do you know about the top 250 movies as voted for by IMDb's users? Time's oh. to, time to find out. Uh, I have to put in a favorite and a challenger. Uh, I've made the executive decision of making Cardi the favorite because I think it makes it slightly harder. Um, so we've got the favorite, Cardi, and the challenger, Matt. This is the rock. This should be my IMDb list. No, because uh, <laughs> then I would have to work out how Excel sheets work. I can't be asked. Right. Uh, round one. It's called You've Been Caught Ranking. Again. Let's work out who knows most about the overall ranking of the top 250. Cardi, th- this is all written, by the way. Cardi, you're up first. Name a, mo- name a movie in the top 250 of IMDb for a point. Just name one. Yep. Uh, Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption is correct. Matt, <laughs> now it's your turn. Name a movie that is ranked five places higher or lower oh. than the Shawshank Redemption for two points. I the Shawshank Redemption is first on the IMDb Top 250. <laughs> so we're looking for a movie that's ranked between second and sixth. Well, I've limited you there. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to go for The Godfather. Hello. Oh, part one, part one. Yeah, part one yeah. or part two? Part one. <laughs> or part three. Uh, Godfather <laughs> part one. Nice one, Matt. The Godfather is second on the list. Yeah. So hey. you get two points. Matt, now it's your turn to go first. Name a movie in the top 250 for a point. How, how is Shawshank number one? Well, it's a very good film, but come on, guys. It's beloved, isn't it? Yeah. It's got come it on. all. It's, it's time it to reassess. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for The Dark Knight. Dark Knight. I think that's in like 10 or something, isn't it? The Dark Knight is fourth. Cardi, it's your turn. Name a movie that is ranked five places higher or lower than The Dark Knight. So that's between first and ninth. But obviously not the two we've already mentioned. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, uh, Godfather Part (laughs) 2. Two. It's third on the list. Nice one, Cardi. The scores, as we stand, three all. And it says we've got the top four. There we go. Yeah, smashed it. I think this is. um, You've also. I think this is automated as well. It just says, "Looks like we got a competition on our hands." (laughs) (laughs) I'm also genuinely not looking at the list on my laptop. No, obviously, (laughs) I trust you well enough to do that. If Dale was playing, I wouldn't trust him. But oh, <laughs> that's just... bollocks! <laughs> <laughs> Unmute. That's bollocks. Mute again. <laughs> Round two. Year oh year. Let's work out who knows most about the release years of the top two hundred and fifty. <laughs> Matt, name a movie in the top two hundred and fifty for a point, and let's just say don't name films we've already had. Right. Um... Toy Story three. Toy Story 3. <gasps> it's there. Why have you gone for that? Because <laughs> I know Over the year. 
Cardi, over to you. Name a yeah. film that was released one year either side of Toy Story 3 Easy. for two points. It can be the same year. So, uh, oh yeah, so- Social Network. Social Network. Toy Story 3 released in 2010. And it, but it has to be in the top 250, remember? Yeah. Well, if it isn't, then it's an absolute shame. It is not. What? It is not there. What? Oh dear. Nilpois. <laughs> what? The social uh, network is take. not in the top 250. Let me check, because I did check. There is a very modern film <laughs> in the top 250. I mean, there's some mad things in the world, but come on, guys. There's some mad things in the, the world. That's the best film of like, the last 10 years. Let's just check. Yeah, it's not there. So well, the, the quiz, that's the, the world's fault, not mine. <laughs> okay, Carly, back to you. Now you name a movie in the top 250 for a point. I might screw you over here. Uh, 12 Angry Men. 12 Angry Men is in there. Matt, over to you. Name a film that was released five <laughs> years either side of 12 oh, Angry he- Men. I don't even know what year 12 Angry Men was exactly. actually released in. Oh, is he Googling? Is he Googling? No. I'm, I'm only not. joking. I'm only joking. Yeah, I mean, if you, you'd know if I was Googling, I can... Also, if you want to hear love... what... <laughs> Matt's just put both his hands in the air as if, like... <laughs> you can't, I can't be typing. <laughs> you'd hear it. Listen to this keyboard. Oh, someone's showing off about his mechanical keyboard. Jesus. Flare technology in these keys, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, Come on, let's have a guess. Oh. Oh. I, gen- I genuinely, because I've never seen Twelve Angry Men either. I genuinely don't know Ooh, what decade you're miss- it is. You're missing out. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna guess it's like late. Is it late seventies? No, Car- Cardi. I should have poker faced. I should have. Po- yeah. I forgot we were on camera. I forgot. You've still got time to reassess. Uh, I'm gonna, is it I'm just gonna have a guess of Reservoir Dogs. I can tell you for sure that that's that Seven Angry Men. <laughs> what dogs, year is Reservoir Dogs? Is in uh, the top two fifty? It says Matt. Obviously, Reservoir Dogs came out in nineteen ninety two. Let's check out the scores. It's four all. Who's going to make the difference? Round what year three. Twelve Angry Men then? Oh, sorry, nineteen fifty-seven. Oh, right, very early then. Mm. Round three, alphabetically challenged. This one is about letters. <laughs> Cardi, Cardi, you're up first. Name a movie in the top two hundred and fifty. Um. Uh, uh, I'll allow you to say social network again. <laughs> uh, let's go with. Do I be an idiot? Do I go for it? Uh, no, let's go. Uh, gone with the wind. <laughs> gone with the wind. It's in there. Matt, over to you. Name a film that begins with the same last letter as Gone with the Wind oh, for two points. Last letter. Uh, so D. Correct. Dunkirk. <sighs> Let's find out. Dunkirk is not in the top two hundred and fifty. Oh. Sorry to say. You've been <laughs> oh my there. god! This, <laughs> this automated quiz just got really blue. It just says, "For fuck's sake, Matt." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Why didn't you? Why didn't you go for Dangal? 
it says. <laughs> it's got automated oh, responses. Mate. Everyone knows Dan Gal. Staying with you, Matt. Name a movie in the top 250 for a point. Um, Pulp Fiction. It says Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. It's it. Cardi, over to you. Name a film that begins with the same first letter and ends with the same last letter as Pulp Fiction. What? Begins with P and um, ends with N. Papillon? Oh my goodness, please be in there. It's not in there, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, it should be. <laughs> and this one just says, ha 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 ha, idiot. <laughs> I mean, it's legitimately a right answer. That's quite uh, a... I don't know. I think that might be a limitation of the format. <laughs> <laughs> I could go through the top 250 and tell you, but it would take ages. Yeah. I mean, Papillon was an amazing guest. <laughs> I'm just having a quick look. Is there any of the... Oh, no. I'm not going to keep mm. looking. Right. Time for a tiebreaker. Oh, yeah. So it's five all, and that's the end of the quiz. Right. Here we go. What exact rank is Monsters, Inc.? You both have to guess. Uh... 186. Oh, I, was, I, had, I, I had 142. 142? Yeah. People like Pixar. <sighs> Cardi, you are 86 away. Oh no. Matt, you are forty-two away. Matt wins. Hooray! Oh, con- congrats. I literally was... couldn't have got a right answer. <laughs> <laughs> that is very difficult. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. And uh, that is something that can be played again. Yeah, we can because it's automated. Mm. It's very good. I love that go. it starts swearing at you. Um <laughs> If you, uh, incidentally, because it's got no set answer, when you're typing in those bits at the end, I saw what happens if you get a draw, and it just says, for fuck's sake, all of this for a draw. (laughs) (laughs) It's really Uh, good. Good stuff. And that's the end of Alan's cool game. I enjoyed that. Thank you, Alan. Uh, Should we have some feedback? Yes, please. I think you're first, Joe. Yes, I am. This is from Mario Malerba. Greetings from Canada. That's where I was born. Thank you guys for having tons of quality podcast content for me to listen to to make my boring office job easier. Love heart emoji. Well, you don't have to be in the office anymore, so that's good. Well, that's true, actually. Well, <laughs> Canada, I don't know. Are I don't know, chill? actually, yeah. What is the situation in Canada? Actually, all my cousins are in quarantine, so I guess it's probably mm. bad as well. Mm. All this talk about the PS2 lately has got me insanely nostalgic and has even caused me to bust out my PS2 and revisit some of my old favourites, one of which was third person sh- was a third-person shooter called Kill Dot Switch. That game was an absolute banger. It had razor-sharp gunplay and some mechanics that way ahead of their times, notably enemies playing dead. Mm. That's not even beyond ahead of its time. It's yeah. just going. Uh, with that, I pro- <laughs> just going. Fucking <laughs> going, mate. With that, I propose a question: What older games do you remember bringing forth game mechanics or concepts that were far ahead of their Ooh. time? I remember it wasn't necessarily mechanic stuff, but I do remember we talked recently, um, not on the podcast, but how I love the PS2 shooter Black by yes. Criterion. And that felt ahead of its time. I know it's right at the end of the PS2, 
But yeah. that game looked and sounded unbelievable for a PS2 well, we were, game. We were watching footage from it the other day. It's yeah. like astonishing looking for a PS2 game. It's mad. Yeah. The I lighting in particular is so good. Hmm. I wish Criterion were making slightly more interesting things than they are these days. <laughs> Just might burn out again. They seem Do quite it. good. Uh, oh, what good game mechanics well ahead of their time. There's loads of that, you, and I can't think of any of them. Any of you played Jurassic Park Trespasser? I haven't played it, but I know no. the deal. It looks mental. <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 dog shit. Like it is absolute dreadful. But it's got some. <laughs> for the, so it came out in 1998. So we're talking sort of Half Life era. But it had got some like it. It was it's one of the earliest games I can remember not having a hood. So mm. no like on screen stuff. And like the way that yes, you'd... But how did how did it tell you how your health was going down, Matt? I'll, I'll escalate this. So from from bullets. So if you want to know how many bullets were in the gun, like your character would go, like weigh the magazine and go, oh, this feels like there's about eight shots in it. Or she'd go like, oh, it feels full. Or there's there's you know it's empty. If you want to know your health, well, because you're playing as a woman, you uh you look down at your boobs and there's a tattoo on it. And uh, if the heart's tattoo is full. Then, then you, you obviously got full health. I've never heard empty. of this. It's it's bizarre because it's a first person shooter where your arm is like way more mobile. It's controlled with mouse and keyboard, so your arm is like you're not controlling where the gun, the end of the gun's pointing. You're controlling where your arm moves across the screen. <laughs> so like, I'm going to try and do it on the camera. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> oh, oh, hello. Ah! Here you go. So it's like. Where's, where's this is arm? helping everyone, isn't it? I know, but I want you to experience it. It's like, imagine the arm's here, and it's just moving all about like that, all over your screen. It's that mad. really is weird. Yeah, I don't like that. But, uh, but, yeah, but I don't know if that's was... ahead of its time, or should never well, belong so, in any so... time. Hold on. So I haven't finished yet. The worst some so... Hold on, you prick. Yeah, look. She may have had a weird way of telling you health, but bouncing health bar, like you could regenerate health, which was not a thing in 1998. And also, genuinely, like, uh, when you kill things, they ragdoll, which was not really a big thing back then. Mm. It it might have been absolute shite, but it had got some good (laughs) ideas. I cannot think of a game that was ahead of its time. It's a good good feedback topic for people. They want to write in at IGN underscore UKFeedbackIGN.com. Let us know called... what games were ahead of their time. There's a game called Warzone on PS1 that I remember very fondly. Uh, and that was a game in which you could like customize and build your own tanks for an RTS. Mm. Um, wait. Oh, you can't search for the word Warzone anymore because of fucking Call of Duty. Um, <laughs> Warzone <laughs> PS1. Yeah, it's called Warzone 2100, and it was it's an open source real real time strategy game. You can like build your own little tank designs and trundle them about, and it was brilliant. I remember losing my mind mm. for that. Do you know so what? that was quite ahead of the game. I played a lot as a kid. Uh, Lego Racers, the customizable oh, yeah. options in that just building a cart from bricks up from the ground. Mm. That was customization customization like my eight year old brain had never seen, and I'd played with Lego. <laughs> Matt, right? I've got yeah, I've got one from Tyler Stevens. It says I up beautiful people. I guess Hello. he's been Hello. looking at our uh, our profile pages on on Twitter. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Just guess it. <laughs> 
Uh, I've had a I've had a dream game going around in my head ever since watching the Black Mirror episode Crocodile. Crocodile oh, yeah. was genuinely quite creepy, wasn't it? Oh, um, the VR one, right? No, I think it, isn't Crocodile the one where like you've got the the machine that people take around to people and sort of like hook it up and look at their yeah. memories. It's the insurance company, yeah. right? Oh, it's yes. like the it's the like the Scandi one, isn't it? Yeah, was mm-hmm. it? Yeah, yeah, that's grim. Yeah, yeah, it really was. So he says, imagine a puzzle game by Lucas Pope that has a similar feel to Obra Dinn, but you're using the memory viewer from Black Mirror. You start yeah, with yeah. one character and their memory, and then you have to find the characters that they've seen to get their memories. Eventually, you build up a full view of the murder or something to find the culprit. Basically, I just want more Obra Dinn. That actually sounds a little bit like yeah. uh, Lucas Pope. I play Pope modern Obra Dinn. Com- yeah, but it sounds like Lucas Pope combined with it's Sam Barlow, isn't it, that does Telling Lies. Mm. Yeah, it sounds a bit oh. like a combination oh. of that. Imagine a little, a little game where you just sort of um, just walk around a Scandi town with a murder in it. That'd be great. Yeah. Really I um, music sad and crunchy. You've reminded it. me. I need to play Telling Lies, and now is the perfect time to do. Yeah, that. I need to play that as well. I've also been, amazingly, um, you know, there's this Steam Spring Festival, which is like 40 games have demos um, mm-hmm. on Steam right now. Uh, to sort of replace GDC, someone got uh, my mate Sean got in touch with me last night. He was like, "I just played this game, and I think you should play it. Uh, it's a winemaking simulator." And he's like, <laughs> "I think it's amazing, but I don't know anything about wine, <laughs> so I want you to play it and find out whether it's a good winemaking simulation." I'm like, "Yes, fucking please, that's my evening." <laughs> I can't wait. Um, but there's some really good looking stuff in that Steam Festival, by the way. You should look through it. Like Super Liminal's got a demo, which looks incredible. I really the, want to play that. Yeah, that's the first person puzzler game where you can affect things with perspective and make them bigger and smaller by moving further off, away from them. Oh god, looks cool. Mm. There there's also that. a PS on this, by the way, that says Sherbet Saucers, the superior pick and mix suite. Which I, I don't know with, but well, I mean they are good on the weight count. I absolutely love a sherbet saucer because I'm quite a fan of rice paper. My dark secret, uh, this isn't <laughs> even rice paper. My dark secret is if I'm eating a swizzle stick, sometimes I just eat the papery stick as well. <laughs> You're a madman. Yeah. Like, just suck on the stick until it's malleable enough to swallow. It's great. <laughs> Dale's face there was uh, trouble. Eat the stick. <laughs> you got a favourite pick a mix, sweet Dale? Um, ooh, I like I like straws. They're pretty good. Yeah, yeah. they are good. Yeah, yeah, like the good. big gummy yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. it like what they called them? The little white chocolate with all the little sprinkles on top of them. Oh, Jazzy. Uh, Jazzy's. Yeah. Jazzy's. Yeah, they're good. Okay. See you later, mate. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. This format brilliant. Um, I have. Oh, do you know what I was going to say? Actually, I've got because obviously we're all inside. My dad hmm. used to play um point and clip pc games all the time like mm. that's how i go into games really and um he recently started playing Oberdin yesterday so that's really getting cool. him onto the modern ones Oberdin How's for he everybody he likes it he had a bit of a headache though so he, he can play long yeah. is it um, you need to concentrate is he familiar with dual stick movement and stuff or well, like he's playing on that movement yeah he's playing yeah he's used to that so he's playing on yeah laptop. that's good because that's the struggle. Like I always try and get my dad to play stuff, but it's just he's not familiar with even how to mm. move around, and I get furious with him, and I leave. <laughs> that's yeah. the end. <laughs> what a lovely time! I know, uh, it's great. I've got one piece of feedback from someone called Lucy James. 
Oh, Christ. <laughs> says, hello, lads. Love the podcast. Long time listener, first time writer. With regard to the above quote. Oh, so the subject line was uh, X-Men 2 is the greatest superhero film of all time. Which is which something that Lucy said. Definitely said. Uh, she says, with regard to that quote about X2 X-Men United, honestly, I don't remember saying this. I got uh, support, backup even, from one Daniel Kruper the other day who confirms this was said. Um, is, it, is it actually called X-Men United? Yeah, it's called X2 it, X-Men United. I'm gonna is it a... really called that? Because if, if it is, how did they not do a big yeah. Man United so, tie-in? I think they did, didn't they? So X2 no, they did with, um, also marketed as X2 they did with first X-Men class. United. Have you, have you not seen the um, Wayne Rooney X-Men thing? What? <laughs> there was a period where Man U did weird... Um, uh, so they did it for Apocalypse. I'm slacking it to you now. Um, oh, I do remember this for Apocalypse. I'm playing but it out why loud. Why do they do it for X-Men United? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I'm not playing it out loud, actually, because no. it's through Madphone. But, I mean, um, you would have hoped they would have done... So. Do you remember when um, there was a wall? I think I think I think it might have been the last Wolverine film. They took over Wolverhampton train station because it was <laughs> Wolver. It was it was very bizarre. That's really weird behaviour. What are they thinking? <laughs> where is oh? Where's the bit where oh, maybe it's a different film where Rain, Wayne Rooney says something. Rain Wooney. Are you alright? Oh no! I'm going to play this out loud. Sit, tell me if you can hear it. Hello, old friend. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, Charles. Wayne Rooney. Wayne, we need you on the battlefield again. Anything for you. to take everything you've got to defeat Apocalypse. Apocalypse who? I'll explain when we get there. Hank, prepare the X-Jet. We're going to Manchester. What? <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen this. This is mental. Who's speaking during that? It's um, Wayne Rooney and yeah, it's Wayne Rooney and uh, yeah, um, what's McAvoy. his name? Yeah, James McAvoy <laughs> and Nicholas Holt. And James McAvoy sounds bonkers in that clip. Prepare the X-Jet, we're going to Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, to carry on with Lucy's email. Uh, um, says it does sound like something she'd say because X2 X-Men United is an absolute banger. The raid on the mansion, Nightcrawler attacking the president, Storm's wig, it's got it all. <laughs> I'm ashamed to say that when I was younger, I really wanted hair like Rogue, and I used the kitchen scissors to cut bangs. However, <laughs> <laughs> didn't get as far as bleaching them white, so it was quite the look. <laughs> the action figure you mentioned is actually oh, yeah, this is a, Kelly. This is an action figure of the senator from uh, the first movie who turns into a big puddle. Yeah. Um, the actual figure you mentioned is actually Senator Kelly from the first movie, although he appears in the second, but it's Mystique. Mm. And to Matt's question, yes, it's a little squidgy. <laughs> <laughs> it also came with a Jean Grey, who is, let's be honest, a very angular depiction of the beautiful Famke Janssen. Tried to take a video of the squidge, but was exposed while doing so. I have watched the clip. There mm. is, I believe it's Kurt who sits next to Lucy, just going, what are you doing at the end yeah. of it? <laughs> Because um, Senator Kelly yeah. from X-Men is being squished. <laughs> he says, Miss you lads, XOXO, Gossip James. <laughs> oh, were, we meant to, were we meant to keep her identity secret? Because no, never. Cross. 
it's media done now. problems. Well, we already claimed it was her who said it. So. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Did we fuck much up? Re- nah, never. Gossip, James. Well, um, thank you very much for that. Lucy, um, if you want to send in your feedback, it's IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Yeah, fun, isn't it? Um, yeah, who knows what next week holds? It'll probably be more of this. Oh, with a selection 100% of people. We have been tossing around the idea of um, do we do an episode where we just record ourselves while playing Rainbow Six Siege? Yeah, do um, the podcast while playing. I, Dale looks furious at the idea, but I think it's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would be a mess. But what isn't right now? That's what we'd yeah. be re- are reflecting life. So, we just about got okay. through this, I think. I mean, um, yeah, with a, with us, you know, an unfortunately relaxed attitude from our host, who is slipping further and further out. <laughs> of camera. He's so I think it's the lap. The laptop is slipping, not me. Bollocks! You've laid down more and more as this has happened. You've had your arms behind your head because you haven't got a proper mic, so you can just scream into the sky. An absolute mess. People will love it. Um, Put some effort in. What we need is there's a selection of those that I highly encourage you to find with Manchester United and various <laughs> films, because <laughs> they are very funny. Um, that's what we need right now is the X Men and Wayne Rooney. Yeah, I'm actually into that. Yeah. Get him, get Rip Wayne Rooney on the thumbnail. <laughs> okay, I will do. Superb. And are we going to finish with some Mick Gordon? Yeah, there's a lot of good music. And Is we'll he gaming's one. greatest composer? Uh, oh, I mean, in recent years? Do we yeah. like McDonald? He's good. I like him, but you know I love a bit of metal, so I'm always going to be a bit partial to that doom. Also, right. Mick, Gordon, Mick Gordon's Prey soundtrack is incredible. Oh yeah, mm. I forgot that was him. That is really good. Mm-hmm. Also, if you yeah. haven't watched the thing of him directing a heavy metal choir for Doom Eternal, you should watch it. It's a really good video. Oh. Well, we should go because I need the toilet because I've drunk too much orange juice and lemonade out of my fire extinguisher. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Sweet dreams. M- miss you guys. Stay safe. Wash your hands. You. Wash yeah. your fucking hands and don't go out if you've got a cough. All right? Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.